0: So Hebrews chapter 7, trying to pick up where uh, Pastor Devonshire left off. But I do want to do, uh, have a little review because if you are coming in and joining us in a place here and you don't understand what we're talking about, you are going to be lost in the sauce. And so we don't want you to be lost as we go through a whole 30-minute Bible study. You wonder, what was that Bible study about? The Bible study was about Jesus, yes, but we do want you to know and understand where we are. The book of Hebrews, uh, the main theme about the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Jesus is better. Jesus is better than Moses. He's better than the angels. He's better than Aaron. He was better than Joshua. He had a greater priesthood. The priests, as we if we'll look at it a little bit. The priests, we understand, the priests would make sacrifices for us. They would go in the presence of God for us. When the temple was, even before the temple was built, there was a, there was a, a moving tabernacle, a, mo, a mobile tabernacle. It built out of animal skins There were badger skins and, and other animals that they built that out of in the day of Moses. Moses was given the directions by God on how to build this tabernacle a place where mankind could come and worship God in the book of Exodus. So at the end of the book of Exodus, Moses tried to enter into this this place, and God forbid him to enter into this place. Why? Because there is a certain way that you have to come if you're going to be able to come into the presence of God. If you're going to be able to come and worship God, and so that's where you find in the book of Deuteronomy, you find some of the laws. And, and in the book of Numbers, you see how those that did not follow those laws, how they ended up uh, dead. And there was a new generation that came up in, um, uh, in, the, in Leviticus. So in Leviticus, that's where all the, the priestly duties and, the, and, the, and all the sacrifices and everything that comes up there. So it has been said without the book of Hebrews, you don't understand Leviticus. Without the book of Leviticus, you don't understand Hebrews. And so Paul the Apostle is, is giving us who we we believe who wrote this book. He's giving us a breakdown on the Levitical priesthood and this man named Melchizedek. This man named Melchizedek. So that's the main point here in chapter seven. A better order and a better covenant. That's in chapter eight. A better order and a better covenant. So let's go, let's start. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 20. Okay. Whither the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So we want to review a little bit about the Levitical priesthood. We want to review that just a little bit. So we started, we went back to chapter 6. Paul said that Jesus was made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, a completely different man from Aaron. Aaron descended from the line of Levi. Now, what does that mean? There was a man named Abraham. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. God blessed Abraham. You know, and there was this line and, and these, these uh, people were supposed to come and, and they were going to bless the world, Abraham's seed. But really it was Jesus Christ. but there were these sons that he had uh, he had a son, and then there were 12 sons of Jacob. And so the third son was Levi. The, the tribe of Levi was designated to be the priestly tribe. So that is why is it was called the Levitical priesthood? So they were dedicated, they were consecrated. All the priests were Levites, but not all the Levites were priests. And so there were these requirements that they had to have, that they were subject to the king. They could not, even though they they weren't out there fighting, even though they didn't have any inheritance, still they were still subject to the king. They had laws, but no Levite could be king. That wasn't allowed. They had a different job to do. Their job was to be dedicated to God. We we're out. I was out today. I went out today, and I was out there soul winning in the rain. I had my, my raincoat. I had my umbrella. And I was out there soul winning in the rain. God, God, you know, it seemed like God laid it on my heart. Go out here to the Aldi's. I said, okay, I'm going to go to the Aldi's. Got on the bus, went down to the Aldi's. I'm out there in the rain. As I'm out there trying to invite people to church, I ran into somebody that that uh comes to church here i said hey is that so-and-so yeah that's me okay all right i said well you need to be in church you know just in, in so many words and all that i said we're dedicated we're out here in the rain you need to be in church if i'm out here in the rain you need to be in church that's basically what it came down to amen So these priests, they were dedicated to the worship of God. They had nothing else that they were supposed to be doing. They weren't supposed to be out building houses. They weren't supposed to be out selling anything. Their life's goal was to be dedicated to God. Christian, Jesus died for you. Your life's goal, yes, you have to make money. Yes, you have to have something in order to have income. But your life's goal should be, I want to dedicate my life to God, to him who lived and died for me. I want to give everything for him who gave so much for me. Doesn't that sound good? That sounds like a life that we should be living. That is the life that the Levitical priests lived. Their job was to prepare sacrifices to God. However... The sacrifices were not permanent. It wasn't permanent. What does that mean? They would make a sacrifice. So Zachariah, Zacharias, we'll just use him as an example—not the prophet, but Billy Zacharias. He would come down. He would he would bring his ox. And people would be looking at him and wondering, what did he do? You know. <laughs> Why is he bringing an ox down here? That guy's got two turtle doves. That guy's got a whole ox. What did he do? You know, looking at his sacrifice. So they would sacrifice this animal in the place of him, but that sacrifice wasn't permanent. It might wash away those sins for that one day, but still he had to deal with everything else that he had to deal with. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ does the job for us. He was sacrificed one time on the cross, for our sins. And that sacrifice, that blood is good enough for us. Also, the last thing about the Levitical priests, this was a temporary service. And so they served from 25 to 50. That was all they could serve, no matter how faithful they were. They could not serve anymore. But we look at Melchizedek's priesthood. This is the priesthood. Now, Melchizedek was a man who had appeared in the book of Genesis. Abraham went out to fight a, a, a war. What happened? His nephew Lot and went out. Lot wanted to live in this place called Sodom. We know about Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham and Lot, they were they were living together. God had told Abraham, leave your you leave all your people, leave everybody behind. I want you to go to this place that I have prepared for you. I'll tell you where it is when you get there. And so Abraham didn't obey fully. He took Lot out there, and there was strife between Abraham's servants and Lot's servants. Abraham told him, you just take whatever land you want. Wherever it is, you look out there, and whatever looks good to you, you go out there and you have that. And so Lot was out there looking around, and he saw Sodom. Boy, it looked good. Looked good from the distance. He said, I'm going to go out there. He ended up out there, and we know the rest of the story. Sodom wasn't a good place to be. Spiritual Sodom is never a good place for the Christian to be. When there's sin in the house, and there's, there's sin in your life, and, and you're allowing it to go on, and you don't get out of it, and you don't rebuke it, and you don't change it, that's a bad place to be. So you get to a place like Lot where he was calling those men who were committing those homosexual acts, he was calling them brethren. He was supposed to be part of the people of God. Seeing the example of Abraham leaving the land of idolatry and witchcraft and hatred and everything else, he saw Abraham's example, and yet he's still out there living in this place. So there were there were some kings that had a battle and and they came out to Sodom and they they had captured Lot and captured his family. And so Abraham went out there with his servants and they went out there and and they made they they made up made up an army and went out there and rescued everybody. You think Lot would have left, right? No, he didn't. This isn't this has nothing to do with Lot anyway, this Bible study, but he stayed there. He went back over there. Anyway. So Abraham, he's coming out, and there's, there's the spoils of war. If we look at history, there's the spoils of war. The winner takes the spoils. You know, I don't know if you ever heard that. Winner take all. Winner gets the spoils. And so there's, there's the spoils of war. And Abraham, you know, he doesn't want any of that. And the king had offered him that, you know, that the king, that he, he won on the, the side that won. And Abraham gives tithes to this mysterious man called Melchizedek. This is an appearance, an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. So Melchizedek, we read about him in Hebrews chapter 7. His pastor had already covered a lot of this, so I'm not going to spend too much time out here. I already talked about some of the things that he talked about already. But the Bible calls him the king of righteousness, the king of Salem. There was no righteous man in the world, what does the Bible say? There is none good, right? No, not one, right? But he's the king of righteousness, the king of peace, this man called Melchizedek. So we know already there's something different about him. And Jesus is called the prince of peace. So we're already associating him with that. Melchizedek had no father, no mother. He wasn't born. He didn't die. He was a ruler. Levitical priesthood had no rulers. We already talked about that. The vehicle priesthood was handed down. It wasn't handed down to Jesus in any way. Jesus is God. Amen? I hope you believe that. Amen? Jesus is God? Okay, all right. I'm in the right church, okay? All right. Jesus is God. He's God. He's the Son of God. And his priesthood would last forever. Remember we talked about that in Leviticus. They had a temporary priesthood. 25 to 50, 50 years old, you're out, retired. That's it. Jesus' priesthood lasts forever. All right, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11. I want to bring that up. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 11. I'm going to start there. If therefore perfection where by the Levitical priesthood for under it, the people received the law. What further, ha- what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? So God had never intended for the Levitical priesthood to keep going. It was never a permanent thing. What they were supposed to do is they were supposed to be looking forward. The Old Testament Anticipated that there was something greater coming. Sometimes you hear about uh, types in the in the Old Testament. There were types and there were shadows. There were there were things that there were shadows of things that were coming. There, sometimes we uh, I walk with Charity and she'll say, "My shadow's bigger than your shadow, Daddy." I'm like, okay, all right, that, that's as far as that goes, though, right? But there was a shadow of something better coming. There was a shadow that Jesus was coming. And so they were looking at at that in the Old Testament. There was anticipation. Moses had talked about that. He said, a a greater prophet shall the Lord your God send unto you like unto me, but somebody greater, him shall ye hear. And so Moses was even getting them ready. I'm only a man, the man of God, the God-man. He's going to come. He's going to give you exactly what it is that you need in order to get to Heaven. I was listening to a sermon this morning. I was I was over here vacuuming the, the chapel, and I was cleaning the bathroom. I was listening to a sermon this morning about being good. It said, "Is being good good enough to get to heaven?" What was the standard of being good a thousand years ago? There are different sins now than there were a thousand years ago, right? Because there was no Instagram, there was no Pornhub. There was no Facebook. There, was, there wasn't any of that. There was no Playboy magazine. There was no Triple X. There was none of that. There were different sins back then, all right, than there are now. And so do we have to have God come down and give us an updated version every, every generation to, to give us something to tell us exactly what good is? If good is good enough to get to heaven, then what is good? But we already covered that. There is none good. No, not one. And so how do we get to heaven? We got to be covered under the blood of Jesus Christ, the only one that was good. There are things that we should be doing, right, and things that we should not be doing, but that is not the the, the exact standard that we can live by. We have to live by, yes, the Word of God, and we have to make sure that we're covered under the blood of Jesus Christ the only sacrifice that was made for us at Calvary's cross, the one that was done in time, on time, perfectly, without any flaw. There was nothing that was left out. Jesus did it all. And so that was God's standard for us to get to heaven, not being good, because that could change based on the society. But we got to get to heaven based on what Jesus has done for us and what he told us that we had to do. Have you got to come through the blood? It's all in the blood of Jesus. So God didn't intend for that to keep on going. Soon after Abraham, there was another priesthood that came up through Melchizedek. The Levitical priesthood could not bring perfection. Why? You look at the Old Testament law. And they would say, thou shalt, and thou shalt not. And there were a lot that could not live up to the standard. Some people say, well, I'm living by the Ten Commandments. One man said, okay, name them. You're basing your salvation on something you can't even name? You can't even enumerate everything, and you think you're going to get to heaven based on that? So no, it's definitely not based on that. But the Old Testament law said you've got to do all these things. If you, don't even, if you miss one, you're out. That's it. So the Old Testament law couldn't bring perfection, so something else had to come in. It would show us that we had a need for God. Aren't you glad that God shows us our need for him? Amen. Aren't you glad when you come to the church service and God just whacks you upside the head and say, What have you been doing? I need it every once in a while, amen? So, where have you been? Where has your mind been? And it shows us, okay, God, I need to get this right. I haven't been thinking right. The Old Testament law shows us that, but sometimes it leaves us there. So we have to have Jesus come in and put his arms around us and say, okay, I need you to come back down to the altar, and I need you to pray again. All right, verse 12. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. This word change in the Greek means to put one thing in place of another. Christianity came in the place of Judaism. Christianity came not just as some better version. I don't need a better version of the life that I was living, right? I need a new life. Amen? I need a new mind. I don't want to just be reformed, I want to be redeemed. I want to be born again. I want to try this again. I need a new start, a new heart, a new life. I don't want a better version of my old junk that I had before. Sometimes you get a a new car, get your same car and put a new engine in it, but the rest of it's still old. (laughs) I want a brand new car. Give me a brand new Corvette, all right? So we needed something new. God saw that. God knew that. We needed something new, a new order, a new sacrifice, a new priest. God gave us all of that through Jesus Christ. Verse 13. Verse 13 and 14. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. Jesus was not born of the tribe of Levi. Remember we talked about that, that descending, that the priesthood had come descending down. It was handed down from from one to another. You had to be part of the tribe of Levi. If you were part part of another tribe, of Benjamin's tribe, you couldn't be a priest. That was just how it was. That was the rule. You couldn't do it. Sorry. No matter how much you want to try, you can't do it. Jesus, however, he came from a different tribe. He didn't come from the tribe of Levi. And so maybe all these Old Testament Jews were looking for him to to come out of this this certain tribe. He did not come from that tribe. He came from Judah. Moses had not talked about that at all. Judah had nothing to do with priestly service. That's the way God set it up. He wanted it that way. Verse 15, And it is yet far more evident, that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest. This word, another in the Greek, means another of a different kind. And so Paul is driving the same thing home. Jesus Christ, in him, we don't have a priest that ministered in the tabernacle or in the temple. He didn't work in the temple, he wasn't there among those sacrifices. Jesus was the sacrifice. He wasn't the one that was, that was killing the animals and, and skinning them and, and putting them on the altar and being burned. Jesus was burned down in hell, sacrificing himself for us. He was the one that said, I am the door. I am the, the one. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd became that lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We need him. Because we can't get into the presence of God without him going there first before us. Verse 16. Who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. The standard for the priests only had to do with the flesh. They were only supposed to be as godly as everybody else. But there were some that were ungodly there were some that were not so good. However, the standard of being a Levitical priest was not based on morality. It was based on what tribe you were in. It was based on your family line. And so they could be not so good. They could still be priests. Like, oh, wow. You know, I was, I was, looking, I was reading that I was studying that today and I thought, really? And so it was all based on blood. But If they had any physical blemishes, no disqualification. But Jesus, Jesus had to have everything right. There were no moral, spiritual qualifications for the Levitical priesthood. But in order to be the perfect sacrifice, it had to be exactly clean and pure. So when you read about it in Leviticus, there there were certain things that they had to bring to the temple. They had to bring a goat It couldn't be missing an eye, It couldn't be missing a horn, it couldn't be missing a leg. You couldn't bring your lame sacrifice to God. Sometimes we bring a lame sacrifice to God. We come come in the house of God and it's like, oh God, here it is, God, this is all I got. We can do better than that. For the God who's done so much for us, surely we could come in and lift up our hands and thank God for something that he's done for us. Surely we could come on Thursday and Sunday morning and Sunday night. Surely we could come on Saturday for soul winning. Just a couple hours for him who spent three days and three nights in the grave for us. Jesus' priesthood was based completely and totally on who he was the power of an endless life. That meant his life was indestructible, he could not be destroyed. There was no sin in him. As Jesus had said before he went to the cross, he said, the devil has nothing in me. The devil ain't got nothing on Jesus Christ. Amen? Indestructible. Years ago, I was with the brother. We were, out, we were out in Walmart. And we were out there uh, in the uh, personal care section. And I was looking for some, some gel for my hair, some pomade for my hair. So I was standing there looking in the shelf. This is back when I had more hairline. All right. <laughs> this is like back in 2006, I think it was. I had more hairline back then. Well, I picked up this jar. It's called Blue Magic. I remember, I remember this distinctly. It had a blue, it was that you could see through, I don't know if they still make it now, but it, you could see through the, the jar and it had a blue lid. And it had this this little uh this little blurb on there that said unbreakable lid. I don't know if I told the story before. Unbreakable lid. And so I just decided to test it. <laughs> I'm standing there just like this, and I dropped it on the floor. You know, the brother's looking at me, what are you doing? <laughs> you know that lid was not unbreakable? <laughs> I said, whoa, the jar was, right? Was Wilson. The jar was, but the lid wasn't. The lid shattered. I said, whoa, they need to take that off of there. So, you know what I did? I looked around, made sure nobody was looking. I just walked away. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. That's what you do when you're not saved. You break stuff, you just leave it there. No, I went and paid for it. You know, I was, it looked real funny when they were standing there looking. Do you want another one? No, no. I don't want to explain it. No, I just want to pay for it. But he got some back there with the lids not broken. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. And I took it home. <laughs> Lesson learned. Don't do that again. But Jesus' life was unbreakable, unindestructible. indestructible His enemies tried to silence him. They could not. Pilate tried to stop him. He could not. Death couldn't hold him, and the grave couldn't handle him. Jesus' life was indestructible. And so we know that our prayers are going up to a God who cannot be defeated. Whatever you're going through right now, Jesus cannot be defeated. He won the battle. He's going to win the war. In the end of it all, everything's going to be, all the wrongs are going to be made right in the name of Jesus. And so we have a high priest that we can go to who's absolutely perfect. Any sin, any temptation you ever go through, Jesus went through it all. For that. And we got a good high priest who is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 17 and 18. For he testified, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. Excuse me. So this is the 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 tip top of the mountaintop of chapter 7, the climax of chapter 7. Aaron was replaced by Jesus Christ. Christ did what Aaron could never do. Aaron, being only a man, Aaron could not bring you and I into the presence of God. But Jesus Christ was able to, to do that. And so he disannulled all of the other things that was there. To disannul something means to, to move something aside that's already been established and to put something else in its place. Jesus did all of that with those, all that priesthood. He did everything that was there. And so God put the old away, and he put the new in. He took the old covenant, he took that out, and he put in the new, which was absolutely perfect. Nothing else needs to be added to what Jesus Christ has already done. God calls us all sinners. And that's not a, a wonderful thing to be called, but we can all come unto God through Jesus Christ. And then once we do, He calls us all saints. We can all come one way. If God made a thousand ways to get to heaven, would you find one that would work? Maybe not. I don't know. But he made one way so we could all come the same way through Jesus. Verse 19. For the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope. Oh, what a good word that is. Hope. The bringing in of a better hope did by which we draw nigh unto God. The law was frustrating. Nobody could keep the law. So we would drag our sacrifice all the way down to the temple, thinking about what we did, what happened, and who's going to see the sacrifice that I'm bringing down here. We wondered about all of that. They wondered about that back then. And so they would bring that sacrifice, but what happened? There was never a feeling of no condemnation. There was never that that condemnation never went away. You still left out of the temple, even though the sacrifice was done. And even though you walked away and that that animal was killed for your sorry self, you still felt that condemnation after you left. There was no security. There was no peace. There was no joy. None of that was there. And that's how it was when I was in sin. I used to pray. I used to pray. Father, forgive me for what I did yesterday, forgive me for what I did today, and forgive me for what I'm going to do tomorrow. I already had it lined out. Uh, I'm good. (laughs) But I never had any peace, even praying prayers like that. I still felt condemned in some kind of way. But the priesthood of Jesus Christ made us all look forward to something better. There's got to be something better than this. Think about that. There's got to be something better than what I'm facing right now. There's got to be something better. There is something better. you got to hold on. Keep on enduring. Keep going. There's something greater, and that something greater was Jesus Christ and what he has for you. He came in saying that my father, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. That's my father, my Abba father, my daddy. He's going to take care of you. He said, just follow after me. That was the standard. What's the standard to get to heaven? Jesus. Jesus is the standard to get to heaven. Jesus didn't just say there are other ways. He said, I'm the way. I'm the way. That's it. That's all we need. We got one way. Jesus is the way. If we walk in his footsteps, we'll be all right. If we get out of his footsteps, pray, get it right, and get back in those footsteps. Don't stay out. Don't stay away. It gets hard to come to church after you've been gone for a long time. I know. I did it. I wasn't even trying to come back. But God dragged me back. He brought me back. So I'm here. Years later, I'm here. So that's a blessing. So let's close with prayer. And uh, we'll pick it up. Pastor, will come back and pick it up next week. We'll Get ready to close with prayer. Remember, uh, Thursday, we have prayer meeting at 11 a.m. And then service Thursday night at 7.30. Pray for the service. And pray for Pastor and Sister Devershire that they continue to minister unto the people. When somebody get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Maybe you'll see them at conference. Maybe you see them at Bible school. Most important thing, we'll see them in heaven. Amen. Ramitua, can you please dismiss us in prayer?